1110, 99.3 WBT. Just trying to think through all of the all of the different physics and geometry, and trigonometry and algebra, and all the science and the data around how the North Carolina State Auditor gets her vehicle perched up on top of another vehicle simply by turning right at 15 miles an hour. It's very weird when you see the video, when you see the image of the cars, because it doesn't, you, you, you can't really appreciate how this looks until you actually see it. I mean, granted, I can attempt to paint a picture, uh, me being a professional communicator and all. I will endeavor to do so. But you really, but unless I'm going to spend, you know, thousands of words, after all, a picture is worth a thousand words, like, I'm, it's going to take a long time for me to accurately describe what you're seeing. Oh, Pete Callender here, hour number three. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. So, State Auditor Beth Wood, Democrat, uh, she, on December 8th, was leaving a, uh, what she called a holiday gathering, where she had been for about two hours. Again, keep in mind, the statement that we are getting now has been two months in the making, right? Almost two months in the making. The damage control, the PR around this has been, they've been working on this for almost two months. This is literally the best story that they could come up with. Okay? So whatever the truth might actually be, is worse than this. This is the best version of this story that she and the law firm where she was gathering, not partying, but at the law firm that had the Christmas party, law firm of Rufus Edmiston, former Watergate lawyer, former Secretary of State, Democrat. They had a Christmas party at the law firm and... She apparently, like, my guess is she's leaving. She was leaving. And I'm looking at this picture of her car. So, all right, picture, you got one car parallel parked, right, on the side of the curb, right? It's, it's in the road or it's, it's in the parking space, right? And this vehicle it looks like a sedan of some kind. Can't really tell. You can't see the back of it. But it looks like a sedan. It doesn't have, it's not like an unusually low front end sedan. And then her car, the state vehicle, also a sedan, what appears to be also a sedan. And her car, the front right passenger tire, front right tire, is up above the tire of the parked car on the hood. And her car is almost parallel to that parked car. Does that make sense? So imagine, it's almost like the two cars were parked right next to each other, and if you could just lift up the front end of Wood's car and just kind of turn, just pivot on the back tires a little bit and set it down on the hood on that right tire of her car, like that's what that's kind of what it looks like. How does that, how do you get to that spot by turning right. That's her story. Her story is she went to make the right hand and turned too sharply. At, but the, And that, again, I'm not buying this either. 
this is what's offensive and insulting about this this BS story is that you want me to believe that you just turned too sharply, what, 20 feet before the intersection and you ended up on top of this person's car at 15 miles an hour and you were not distracted. You were not on the phone. You were not reaching for anything. You just happened to make the turn a little too early, too sharply. Who make who does that? How do you make a turn? And she didn't even blame her eyesight. Like that would be something to consider. She's like, oh, you know, maybe she could say I'm age, whatever. And, uh, you know, I've noticed it's getting harder for me to see at night. Maybe I should have a driver from now on, which, by the way, I think you should probably have a driver from now on. But, you, you know, maybe you you make up some sort of excuse like that. Why would you turn so sharply to the right into a parked car? First of all, second of all, when you turn sharply right into the parked car. How do you end up on top of it? Wouldn't you be perpendicular? How does the tire get over the wheel well and the hood of the car? How does that how do you get how do you get enough lift? How does that car oh wait a minute, hang on. Maybe she's got one of those things like those lift kits or whatever. Maybe she's got one where like you play the music and the car bounces around, you know? Maybe one of those. Maybe I don't know. That's possible. So you know what I thought? I'm wondering if they I'm wondering if they had valet parking service at this event. And I say that as one who valet parked as we went over a couple weeks ago with the big uh, with the, the, the great uh, back in parking debate. I used to valet park. And what do you what do they do? They So we were serviced. They would hire us out to events and catering halls and weddings and wherever. And we would go wherever and you would just get a lot. You have the lot and you just take the the tickets and you park the cars and you bring them back over. When you bring them back up, right? You stand there, you give them their, you open the door for the people. They get back into the car. If they give you a tip, which by the way, just a heads up, always tip before. If you're going to tip the valet and you should always tip the valet, tip them ahead of time. Yeah. See, Chris is uh, giving me the thumbs up there, right? You tip first and this way they don't mess with your car. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But that is true. But this way you won't forget and you won't blow all your money at the bar like Beth Wood did. No, oh, come on. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Is it too soon? Too soon. Um, so here's another question. The lawyers that whisked her away through their office, is that a sanctionable offense? Does the Bar Association have anything to say about that? Lawyers aiding and abetting somebody fleeing the scene of an accident? Because that's what they were doing. Oh, boy, they did not count on that video, did they? There are a lot, If there are lawyers, because I, I can't tell who those people were. That There was like half a dozen of them, and they were whisking her away. But here's the thing. Maybe it was a valet park job. Maybe that's the red shoe guy. Maybe he's a valet. I don't know. Because I can't really tell his outfit he's in the cars that the video is being shot from is kind of pulling away. But maybe that guy was the valet. Or maybe the car was valet parked or whatever. And... She gets in the car and puts it in reverse. And that's how the car goes. That's how her car, that right tire, maybe she cuts the wheel a little bit and it goes up and over that parked car. Is that possible? That seems a little bit more possible to me. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. There are no bad ideas under the cone of creativity. Doug, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Hi, I'm all right. What do you think? So I was looking at the photograph on WRL's website. Yeah. 
if you if you look at the Prius, the damage to the left front fender is real low behind the wheel in front of the door, and then it moves up. I volunteer at car races, and I've seen cases where cars, like in this case, hit low, and she probably panicked. The wheel was already turned. She hit the gas, and the tire could easily roll up on top of the tire of the uh, of the Prius. Because if you look at the picture, too, there's uh, a damage to the uh, inner fender well, the plastic part. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, it's conceivable. It is. I don't know that she was. I don't agree that she was doing fifteen miles an hour to do that. But uh, so that was my next question. That because if it's right, because like I don't know that like the physics of it could very well allow that to happen. And I also don't know like how bad is the road, like the pitch of the road at like you know with the way they build the road, so the water runs off to the sides, right? But that means you're lower on, when you're parked along the curb. So maybe it's possible that you're at a higher elevation on the road in the middle, and so you could actually get enough. Uh, room to make that clearance, but it, but you don't think 15 miles an hour is enough to get that done? No. Yeah, I don't think so but either. But I, I don't think, know. I think she probably, once she hit it, panicked and hit the gas, mm-hmm. and then really climbed up on top of it. Right, and kind of wedged her up there. Yeah, no, that's possible. Mm-hmm. It's possible. I don't. Yeah, I don't think she was. I, I don't buy that she's making a 50, or making a sharp. 90 degree turn at the where she thinks she's at the intersection that's her excuse was that she she turned too uh she turned too uh, sharp why are you turning so sharply into a parked car uh, i don't understand well, that the other interesting thing too is that if you go to WRAL's website mm-hmm. there's a video yeah of of a report and the guy standing on the street and he's standing next to some small SUV i forget what kind it was saying that that was allegedly where the Prius was parked when she came around making a right-hand turn and hit it. It's like the third spot, at least the second spot, maybe the third spot from the corner. Right. Right. Like, it's not near. Like, I could understand if the Prius was parked illegally too close to the intersection. You know, that's why they Mm -hmm. say you can't park so close to the stop sign and all that. But it, it wasn't. But the guy who's shooting the video as he's driving past, he's going through the crossroad. He's on that other street. So he's on Hargett, and she's on Salisbury. And so, like, that's where she should have been turning. And you could tell, like, there's there are a bunch of cars behind that. That Rufus Edmiston's office is on a corner. So why was she turning into the car that's 30 feet off of the intersection? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. Doug, I appreciate the call, sir. Thanks so much. It's good information and uh, insight on the uh, on the wheel well uh, uh, damage. Got a bunch of messages, lots of messages, comments regarding North Carolina State Auditor Beth Wood. Rubbing is racing, Beth Wood, right? <laughs> no. Well, for sh- uh, for short, I mean, we're trying to figure out, like, I'm calling it the split wood scandal. That's what I'm calling it. Hashtag split wood. Smash and split. That's what I'm calling this. Every good scandal has to have branding. It doesn't really take off if you don't have good branding. So 
trying to figure out a good, you know, nickname for it. You know, just uh, you got ideas, throw it out there. That's fine. I said Rubbin is racing earlier, and you could kind of just drop the racing part. But then I thought that's that's probably not appropriate. Um, I also thought maybe naming her, you know, taking one of the race car legends nicknames like Intimidator or something. But I don't, I don't think that's fair because she wasn't racing, right? So. Smash and split. Split wood. Beth split wood. Beth split and wood. Ooh, I like that. Beth split and wood. Anyway, back on December 8th. So so you've got the official story that is offered up by Wood now. You have the report that she gave to the state motor fleet pool, whatever it is, um, the day after... But this occurred the night of December 8th. December 9th, she reports damaged car. Oh, I got into an accident. But no, here's the problem. Anybody who's ever been in an accident knows this, right? You need the police report. You need the, the number. You need the, the report number. So you, you got to report damage. Oh, yeah, I ran up onto a car last night. Okay. Well, where's the police report? Oh, I didn't file one. Oh, so you fled? The city of Raleigh, the police department, they knew who she they knew who the driver was immediately. So when they arrive at the scene after the lawyers at the Rufus Edmiston law firm, the I guess the people that were at that Christmas party where she was apparently, and they say get her out of here which I think is probably something that the bar might have a problem with or should have a problem with when lawyers are aiding and abetting a crime. Not a good look for officers of the court. Oh, and by the way, yes, uh, uh, in the uh, direct message, uh, Pete, I suspect a party at Rufus's will be attended by big-name Democrats, lobbyists, and state officials. Absolutely. Another message. Uh... 15 miles an hour isn't enough physics to get her car partially on top of another car. And Russ says her explanation is full of poop. At the Citadel, we had something called gross poor judgment. What you did or your handling of it wasn't illegal or an honor violation, but it was so colossally stupid that you were stripped of rank and likely to spend a semester or more on restrict on restriction or serving punishments. We need a gross poor judgment for elected officials and public servants for when they show such poor decision-making that they are removed from their position. Isn't it or should it be a crime for an attorney to advise committing a lesser crime in order to cover up a more serious infraction, disbarment for whoever suggested that strategy? Yeah, yeah, there were like half a dozen people that were that, that got her out of there. They made an immediate decision, and it was a bad one. Oh, it was a bad one. They sought to protect their friend or their political ally or somebody important or whatever, for whatever reason. They sought to shield them from what would have been a DUI. Because why would you, why would you do that if it's just a fender bender? If she's sober and there's no chance of her getting a DUI, then why even... Then we'd just say, okay, well, you know, call the cops and they'll come in. Oh my gosh, this is embarrassing. Maybe get some pictures, put it on the gram, you know, whatever. But no, you're 
your lawyers and your your advice was to rush away to get her out of there, knowing that they're going to know whose car it is immediately when they got as soon as the cops get there, run the tag. They're like, oh, this is Auditor Beth Wood's car. Where is she? Oh, I don't know. We don't know. I, w- I wonder what the lawyers I wonder what the people at the party told the cop. See, and here's the thing. This is the larger problem that now the city of Raleigh has got is it seems like their police department may have may have given some preferential treatment here. Because you know whose car that is. You know where she lives. And you just, what, said, oh, she was shaken up, we took her home? You've left the scene of an accident. We need to go to your home and now arrest you. That's how that should have gone. Why didn't it go that way? Why did it take so long? Four days or so? Right? Were they trying to not get charges filed? That's slightly problematic for the owner of the other car, right? Who needs an insurance? I mean, because think about it. Like, what, what are they staring at? They're having to deal with a hit and run by a state official in a state car. Um, couple of messages here on the Twitter machine. It's a Pete tweet from Big B. Big B says, NC state-issued vehicles through Motor Fleet Management have a GPS system installed in most of their vehicles. The name of the system is called Telematics. It should be able to show the speed and other data of the vehicle at the time of the crash. (gasps) Ooh. Things just got interesting. They can get this. Uh, this one's from Bonfire Politics, who says they can get the speed she was traveling at the time of the collision from the car's computer. They can also see whether or not she even hit the brakes. Will they? Probably not, because it's different. And my favorite, my favorite explanation for what occurred. Beth Wood was not actually driving the car. It was somebody named Deontay. I shall explain in moments. is his name say his name News Talk 1110-993-WBT Pete Callender here Deontay, that was the name of the driver of the car that crashed after a night of drinking by the Asheville Police Chief's son Chad Anderson 22 years old at the time this was back in like 2012-2013 Police chief, new to Asheville, William Anderson, 22-year-old son, who coincidentally got a job with the city. And um, he was out partying. Chad was. Chad was out partying, driving a car registered to his dad, and got into a car accident. Single car, single vehicle accident. Wrapped it around a telephone pole or something. I don't remember what, but um, police got to the scene. And... He said it was not him driving. He said he had uh, a friend of his uh, drive the car. And then they were like, okay, who's the friend? And he said uh, he met him at the party, and his name is Deontay. And he didn't get a last name. And uh, that was all a lie. That was all a lie. And there was a, a lieutenant that was working the scene 
of the crash. And he said he was then uh, pressured by the police chief after uh, while he was doing this investigation. He said uh, he filed a complaint with the city manager, uh, said that the at a meeting with the police chief, he expressed his concerns to the manager and to um, the a lawyer that was there that uh, about what he knew to be false and misleading information given by the chief to the newspaper. <laughs> he was lying about it to the press. Deontay. Oh, we had some fun with this. Deontay's Inferno. We played uh, Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire. We gave regular updates. Because the story, you got to remember, this story developed over the course of weeks. It just came out drip, 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 drip. So maybe, I mean, it's been about 10 years, like almost 10 years. Um, but maybe Deontay was in Raleigh on December 8th. You don't know. It's possible. Um, somebody asks on my, uh, uh, my proposed uh, new vehicle, new state-issued vehicle for the Auditor, which is a Prius with the monster tires on it, uh, and uh, I'm being asked, uh, does it have a breathalyzer? It can. It, it, it should. Um, Seabass says uh, on uh, the Twitter machine, it's a Pete tweet. Pete, how about Beth Little Ted Kennedy Woods? No. Okay. It's, unfortunately, it's not my best effort. <laughs> uh, well, we could say Beth Kennedy. No, I mean, it's not, or Beth Chappaquiddick Woods. You could do something like that, but it's not really, it did, she didn't kill anybody. I mean, she could have, but she didn't. And she didn't leave anybody to drown. I mean, she did leave her car. So that is kind of Ted-like. You know, just abandon the car, save yourself. Um, so there is that. Yeah, there is that similarity. Oh, thank you. So uh, Tim at Old Grouch's Military Surplus says that the lieutenant who stood up to Chief Anderson, his name was Lieutenant William Wilkie. And he is now the sheriff of Haywood County. He left Asheville Police Department, and I guess I, I did not know if he had won that race. But congrats, Sheriff Wilkie in Haywood County. Um, you might want to check in with what's happening in Cherokee. I'm, I'm not so sure what's going on out there. Have you heard this story in Cherokee County? Terrible story. Um, in Murphy, you always hear this. Murphy to Mantio, right? North Carolina politics, they always talk about... From Murphy to Mantio. Um, in Murphy, which is in Cherokee County, all the way out west. I mean, it's basically Tennessee, right? Um, there's a fellow by the name of Jason Harley Klopfer, or Klepfer. K-L-O-E-P-F-E-R. Let me read to you. This was from back in, uh, this is December 20th. So, like, uh, I don't know, maybe 11 days after Beth Wood fled from the scene of her DUI, allegedly. Um, well, she did really flee from the scene. Uh, it, but I'm alleging it's, it would have been a DUI. But anyway, so, like, 11 days after that, this guy, Jason Klepfer, 41, gets charged with communicating threats, resisting, obstructing, and del resist, obstruct, and delay. The North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation launched a probe because this guy, Jason, got shot by the cops at his home. 
at his trailer. He, he and his wife live in a like a little camper trailer looking thing up in the mountains of Murphy. And they were initially called on Cherokee County deputies arrived on scene at 1117 p.m. But say they were unable to make contact with the alleged shooter. Okay, because they said Cherokee County got a call at 11 p.m. indicating a disturbance with several gunshots fired. So they arrive on scene at 11:17. They cannot make any contact with the shooter. Okay. Here then is the initial press release that is sent out by Cherokee County Sheriff's Office on Monday, December 12th at 11 p.m. Right, we. Got a disturbance with several uh, disturbance calls, several gunshots fired. Uh, we immediately dispatched, arrived on scene. Deputies attempted to make contact with the alleged shooter, but was unsuccessful. Recognizing there was an armed suspect present and the potential for a hostage situation, Cherokee County Sheriff's Office obtained a search warrant and requested assistance from the Cherokee Indian Police Department SWAT team. The suspected shooter engaged in a verbal altercation with officers and emerged from a camper trailer and confronted officers. Members of the Cherokee Indian Police SWAT team fired upon the suspect and wounded him. He got taken to the hospital. Uh, he has survived. This fella has survived. So now SBI has been brought in. Okay, so that was the statement from Cherokee County Sheriff's Office that the suspected shooter engaged in a verbal altercation with officers and emerged from a camper trailer and confronted them. And then the video came out. Not the police cam video. No, no, no. Klepfer and his wife have cameras inside their home. And the camera recorded what actually happened. And what actually happened was somewhere in the neighborhood of about 4 in the morning, 4.30 in the morning or so. The cops come up to the door and they open it and chuck in a robot, a little robot. I don't know. It looks the size of, uh, it's like a foot long. And it's just like on two wheels. It's got some lights on it. It just looks like an axle, basically. It's got cameras, and they just start moving it around. And it's a very small camper, so they're just driving it a little in the kitchenette area. And the next thing, the uh, you hear the police outside making announcements, whatever. And now you see the bedroom door open. And they're like, oh, what's going on here? What's happening? Whatever. You know, guy lights his cigarette. And that's when they see this robot. He starts turning on the lights. It's Again, it's almost 5 a.m. in the morning. It's very early. And so he's got a cigarette. His wife is walking out with him. And they're like, come out with your hands up. So now he has the robot in one hand. And he opens the door. And as he, he puts his hands up above his head, and they open fire and shoot him. And then they eventually get the wife out. They drag him out. So I don't know if somebody called in, a, if this was an example of swatting. I don't know if that's what this was. But the press release from the sheriff's office is a lie. The shooter engaged in a verbal altercation with officers and emerged from a camper trailer and confronted officers. That's not true. He wasn't engaged in a verbal altercation. He got out of bed. He walked over. That's what the video shows that they posted. He walked out. Now, here's the thing. He walked out and he had that camera in his hand, that little robot thing. 
Do not walk out with your cell phone or this robot, whatever. Do not walk out with anything in your hands, especially at night and if the object is black, because it could be mistaken for a firearm, and that's not going to end well. So then the press, or the, uh, uh, sorry, the uh, sheriff's office has to put out another press statement on this matter. I do actually have some emails here regarding Bedford. I do have. Um, all right, so let me read this. Uh, this is the second press release that the sheriff had to put out, the sheriff's office of Cherokee County, North Carolina, after they went to a guy's trailer, threw a robot into the trailer, started looking inside. It sounds like they got a, a call for some domestic violence or uh, gunshot, disturbance, or something. They thought hostage, whatever. It sounds like swatting. Sounds like somebody called the police on him. And so they show up. They throw this robot inside at 4 a.m. These guys wake up, husband and wife, they wake up. Uh, Klepfer is his name, and Jason Harley Klepfer. And uh, he gets up, he sees this robot. He's like, what is this thing? And he's hearing all this commotion outside and he's got a camera in his house and it's, it's rolling the whole time. So we have this video and the police initially said that he engaged in a verbal altercation with officers and emerged from a camper trailer and confronted them. And so they shot him and they gave him a whole bunch of charges. Then the video comes out and, Oh, 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 all right. Well, uh, okay. So got another press statement now. Since the Cherokee County Sheriff's Office does not have a tactical team to handle a hostage event, I requested assistance from the Cherokee Indian Police Department SWAT team. Subsequently, members of the CIPD SWAT fired shots at an individual who emerged from the home injuring him. So what did the sheriff of Cherokee County do? He threw the Cherokee Indian Police Department right under the bus. That was all them. They did this. I'm sorry, did they they file the charges on the guy? Did they put out your press statement as to what happened? Neither myself nor Chief Deputy Justin Jacobs were on scene at the time of the shooting, so we relied on information provided to us from the Cherokee Indian Police Department. My goal with issuing that press release was not to comment on the subsequent criminal investigation, which remains ongoing, but rather to update the public on a dangerous situation. The first time I ever saw video footage from the shooting was January 18th. It's my understanding that the state and DA's office has been notified of the video as well. But don't worry, he's going to like, I'm going to get my own SWAT team. Like, guy, I'm, th- I'm not thinking that's the problem. <laughs> I'm thinking the problem was the swatting. I'm thinking that's what happened. And the fact that you guys sent out a press release blaming the victim. And had he not had a video system, a camera system recording it all in his house, you'd have gotten away with it too. And he, he might be looking at jail time on top of his life-altering injuries. Um, all right, back to the uh, Beth Wood, Beth Smash and Split Wood, as I am calling her now. Beth the Splitter Wood. Beth Split Wood. I'm still working on it. I'm, okay. Um, Tim says, Pete, NC State Auditor car wreck. It sure sounds like those Democrats throw a heck of a good Christmas office party. <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't know if it's a heck of a good one. I mean, I mean, they did have the Grinch there, so maybe, yes. Um, Suzanne wants to know, Suzanne, really? Suzanne wants to know if there was somebody else in the car, and I'm not going to read the rest of it. 
But no, it does not appear that that was what was going on in the car. But I, I don't know. It doesn't appear there was anybody else in the car, but I don't know. Um, let me see here. We got, oh, we got a, we got a party outside. Uh, sorry for all the typos. Dan says that's okay. Um, I couldn't agree more that the auditor really screwed the pooch made an egregious error in her words. Um, a traffic court judge in South Carolina told me recently uh, that the most omitted and f- most frequent reason the inc- the incidence of leaving the scene is up some 400% plus is in case of illegal immigrant drivers. <gasps> Maybe she's an illegal immigrant. Maybe the auditor is an illegal immigrant. And that's why she fled the scene. I don't know. Uh, and then Jason has some questions. Was she alone in the car? Who summoned the cops? The police most likely asked people if they saw anything. Did they talk to anybody at the law office? Did they lie about what they saw or did? Is there a public police report on the accident? And were there any classified documents in the car? These are all valid questions. Thank you, Jason. Great email. All right, that's it for me today. Stick around. Brett Winnable's coming up next, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Don't break anything while I'm gone. Watch out for the documents. Oh, I found something.